What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We have now finished all the incoming rookies for this 2021 season. The quarterbacks, the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers. We've given you breakdowns of all the top guys, the top consensus guys, and I've given you sleepers with the help of Nate. And now it's time to do something fun, something, I mean, that was all very fun for me as well. Hopefully it was for you, but something different. Now we're switching it up, changing the pace. This episode is going to be, guys, you will regret not selling. And I almost named it, guys, you will not regret selling, but that's just, that doesn't have the emphasis. That doesn't hold the exclamation point. These are guys you will regret 100% not selling. And now there will be some certain situations where that will not be the case. And I will explain those certain outlier situations. But I've got a couple guys here. I think it's six guys I have on this episode for you that you need to get them off your teams in Dynasty. And, you know, I think it's we should just start it off. And it's going to be Derrick Henry. That's going to be the first guy. You have to sell him and you will not regret it. Okay, he is expert consensus ranking. This is what I'm looking at. Because right now, ADP is not very reliable because it's so early in the offseason, right? But ADP usually tends to follow expert consensus ranking, at least for the most part, as the season trickles on. Or the offseason, I should say. So Derrick Henry, according to all the experts that put in their rankings for Dynasty into Fantasy Pros, it's over 150 guys, right? He is running back 7. For me, he is running back 15. So, running back 7, running back 15, that's an 8-spot difference. Obviously, we've got a problem here. Either I'm way off, or they're way off, or the answer's somewhere in the middle. And I think that this is a classic case of people paying for past production. And what do you not want to do in fantasy football? Pay for past production. Derrick Henry will be 27, 27 years old when the next season starts. His offensive coordinator left. Corey Davis and or Jonu Smith will be gone. At least one of them will be gone, possibly both, in free agency. And he will be much easier to focus on for defenses. And by the way, guys, just real quick, in case Corey Davis, by the time you're listening to this, Corey Davis or Jonu Smith has a rumor out there. I obviously don't know about it at the time of recording. I'm recording this a tiny bit earlier Then I usually record my episodes because I just started a new chapter in my life where I am finally starting off in the career that I've been working towards, and I just want to make sure I get all my content out. So if I have an opportunity to record something early and I finished research and everything early enough to do so, I will do that to help myself out and make sure I'm consistent with my content. So if you've heard anything on Corey Davis or John Smith, that's why I don't have that information currently. But... Corey Davis or John Smith, there's no way both return. So not only is Derrick Henry going to be much older, 27, his offensive coordinator's gone, and one of the weapons on the outside 
are going to be gone. So it's going to be easier for defenses to focus on him. That's the first thing. Second thing, Derrick Henry, next year and maybe two years, he might finish as an RB1. He might be a top 12 running back. He might be a top 5 running back next year. Maybe the next two years, but he will take a sharp decline suddenly. And no running back, in my opinion, with how deep and young, not only deep, but also young, the running back position is in the league right now. No running back is worth a top eight selection in Dynasty if they are 27 years old. No way. So that's the second thing, is the age and the sharp decline that's going to come out of nowhere. We see it happen all the time to running backs. So for me, you can move a guy like Derrick Henry for an for a player who has an equally high ceiling, because let's be honest, Derrick Henry, you at first think of him because of all his rushing, and you might say, man, his ceiling is so much higher, but it's really not. His ceiling is not higher than pretty much anybody's inside the top 15, because yeah, his rushing ceiling might be higher, but for fantasy purposes, I would say 90% of people play at least at minimum half PPR, if not full PPR. Most people are not playing standard. That's like 10% or less percent of leagues at this point. And even if so, you're still getting points for receiving yards, if not receptions. So yeah, he might have everyone beat on the ground. But all of these guys, especially all these young studs that have come into the league, all of them are going to be able to catch him in terms of ceiling with receptions, receiving touchdowns, receiving yardage. So his ceiling is not higher than most guys. So you can move him for a guy with an equally high ceiling, but the person you're getting in return is probably going to be someone with a higher floor because let's say I think the floor is much lower for Derrick Henry. Let's say this situation happens, right? John Smith leaves. They're able to re-sign Corey Davis. So they have A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and a new offensive coordinator. Defenses start to key in more on Derrick Henry. John Smith is gone. Corey Davis, they're not too worried about, and they can double cover A.J. Brown, all right? And they're focusing on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's a little bit older, loses a slight step. These are very realistic situations that would make his floor much lower, especially because he doesn't have the receiving ability. Let's say their offense sucks or their defense sucks, and they're behind in games a lot and early, and they're going to the pass game to try and catch up and win games, and they're not able to lean on the run, and Derrick Henry gets phased out. That's a floor and a possibility that does exist. So you can easily get somebody with a higher floor, somebody who has receiving upside and is game script proof. Because if he's expert consensus ranking running back seven, and that's how most people, not just the experts, feel about Derrick Henry right now because they're paying for past production because of how good he was the past few years, you're going to be able to get a guy like DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon. You can get one of these guys plus a little extra on the side for Derrick Henry. And I would take those guys, if I'm drafting in a startup, I'm drafting every single one of those running backs over Derrick Henry. Every single one. DeAndre Swift, he's not going to match him in rushing, but DeAndre Swift could be the second or third highest running back in terms of receptions and targets in the league if he gets used like Kamara. Antonio Gibson, same thing. If he takes that receiving away from the Jag, as in just a guy that is J.D. McKissick, he could be in the same situation. And he he will get more rushing work than DeAndre Swift. 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if they just lean on him all of a sudden, Le'Veon Bell's gone, most likely, and if they don't just make a 50-50 split with him and Damian Williams, Clyde ceiling is just as high in a great offense with receptions and plenty of touchdown opportunity because of the offense and a better floor because he's game script proof. Miles Sanders, same type of deal. Joe Mixon, same type of deal, especially if the Bengals are adding offensive linemen in this free agency or the draft or both, which I would bet that they have at least two new offensive linemen starting next year compared to what they finished with. Austin Eckler, are you kidding me? He was great with Justin Herbert. Insane with Justin Herbert. And you could get a little extra on the side with probably all of these running backs, except for maybe Swift. Maybe you could only just do Henry straight up for Swift, but that's an easy decision. So for me, I'm looking at a guy who everyone has ranked way too high right now because he was really, really good the past couple years, all right? But that doesn't matter. We're looking at projecting forward in fantasy football. This guy's got maybe two years at best of top flight production left. And it's better to sell someone a year early than to hold them a year too late and then get nothing. So that's my philosophy for Derrick Henry. That's the first guy. Now we've got another running back. I believe we have three running backs total. Yes, we do. This next running back, this is going to be super controversial. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like a lot of fantasy sites, a lot of guys, when they say, hey, We've got guys you should sell for Dynasty every single time it's somebody who's on the older side. Every single time it's the same type of deal, right? An older guy, oh, if you're rebuilding, sell him, yada, yada, yada. But I've got somebody here who should be an easy sell in Dynasty because he is super young and very good. But before I tell you who this person is, I do want to touch on the Derrick Henry thing to wrap it up. I did say that there were some certain outliers, certain exceptions. If your team is absolutely stacked and you're guaranteed playoffs pretty much unless you get hit with a huge injury, like injury, I don't know, like lineup destruction, whatever, and you have like four or five people get hurt, unless that happens and your team is looking like, hey, we're top four team for sure and we have Derrick Henry and we can definitely win it all next year, obviously... If you're in a place like that, then don't sell away somebody who can win the thing for you, like a Derrick Henry. But if you're in the middle of the pack or the bottom of the pack, Derrick Henry is a sell. Now, going back to the next guy. He is expert consensus ranking, running back 9. He is my running back 18. This is a guy on an offense that runs the ball a lot. And we're talking about a running back here, so it should sound like a good thing, right? He's on an offense that runs the ball a lot. He's also on an offense that does not throw the ball to the running back position. He is on an offense that does not give the ball to running backs very much in terms of a workload position. Which running back am I talking about? It's J.K. Dobbins. So let's look at some stats, right? I've got a nice breakdown here for you guys. I try to make it as simple but also detailed as possible. All right, if you take the average of the last two years with Lamar Jackson, the Ravens average 575 rush attempts. Lamar averages 167. So take that away from the team rush attempt total. And you're looking at about 400 carries per season to the running back position since Lamar has been there for the Ravens. Okay, 400 carries. That's a lot. Plenty to go around. Now, if you look over the last three years since Lamar Jackson has been there, even when he wasn't starting as a rookie, Over the last three years, the highest carry share for a running back in the Ravens offense 
This is among running backs, so not counting the carries that Lamar Jackson takes. The highest running back carry share was 48%, and that was Mark Ingram in 2019. So what do I mean by that? I mean, in 2019, Mark Ingram got 48% of the carries. If you're just looking at running backs, if you include Lamar Jackson's carries, that drops to under 40%, and that is the highest mark that the Ravens have had in the last three years. They have never given more than half of the touches to the same running back in their offense. Now, I will say that that could change. Yes, and we will talk about that in a bit. But just so you know, that 48% of carries to Mark Ingram in 2019 was 202 carries total. So good, not great, especially for where J.K. Dobbins is being priced right now. Now, let's look at the fact that Lamar Jackson is a running quarterback. You know what running quarterbacks don't do? They don't throw the ball to running backs. You know why? Because they can run the ball themselves. And most of the time when you're passing to the running back, it's because you're about to get sacked or you're just trying to get some easy dump off yards. Well, Deshaun Watson doesn't throw to running backs. Why? Because instead of dumping it off, he just runs it himself. Lamar Jackson doesn't dump it off to running backs. Why? Because he just runs it himself. And they're getting just as much yardage, if not more. It's not. I'm not saying it's a bad decision. It's a, usually a good decision for them to run it themselves instead of checking it down and risking an incompletion or a bobbled pass that turns into an interception or the running back getting lit up by a linebacker coming downhill. So usually it's a good idea. And I'm not saying that it's, it's not a good idea by Lamar. But that's just the facts. And that's going to hurt J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens running backs... There has not been one since Lamar Jackson has been starting. There has not been one Ravens running back to get more than 30 targets. That's really, really bad, especially in today's NFL and PPR formats. The Ravens' most targeted running back two years ago was the seventh most targeted player on the offense. Last year, J.K. Dobbins was the highest targeted running back at, I think it was 28 or 29 targets, and he was the sixth most targeted player in the offense. The running backs do not even get into the top five. Alvin Kamara, second highest targeted player on the Saints usually. DeAndre Swift will probably be the second or third highest targeted player on the Lions. There are so many running backs that are getting a bulk of the targets in their offenses. And the Ravens not only don't throw the ball a lot in the first place, but they also don't throw the ball to the running back at all. Now let's address the fact that, oh, Gus Edwards is leaving. J.K. Dobbins is going to take over. First off, is he leaving? Because I initially was very optimistic he would be leaving. But there are not many teams that need running backs. And Gus Edwards, he might re-sign because he's in a prominent rush attack with the Ravens. He knows he has a role there. He knows he is effective there. He knows it's a team that's consistently getting to the playoffs and has a chance and there are other guys in the free agent market, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack. There are other guys that are going to be available for teams. So there's no guarantee Gus Edwards is going to get a lead back role somewhere. I mean, you look at Arizona, no, they're not going to do that. The only teams that I could see giving Gus Edwards the lead back duties would be Buffalo and Seattle. And Seattle already has Chris Carson they have to make a decision on. If they don't, go with Chris Carson, they're probably leaning towards Rashad Penny or someone else in the building or looking towards the draft. They're probably not going Gus Edwards. Maybe, 
but it's not a shot that I, w- I want to risk anything on for J.K. Dobbins. But I don't want to get too much into Gus Edwards. This is about J.K. Dobbins, right? So let's just say he does leave, okay? I don't think so, but let's just say he does t- to address the possibility that, okay, J.K. Dobbins might take over. He He won't, though. Here's the thing. Alex Collins, who's that guy? You guys remember that guy? Justice Hill, who's that guy? You guys remember that guy? Both of those guys had huge workloads or at least decent workloads and they're meh. They're just guys. Justice Hill is still going to be there and the Ravens could draft someone late or sign someone cheap to further aid Dobbins' workload and they've shown that even when they don't have two supreme guys and they just have a good guy and that would be J.K. Dobbins, and then somebody who's just serviceable, like a, a Justice Hill or Alex Collins, those serviceable guys still get like very big roles, substantial roles that hurt the lead running back. So, once again, I'm trying to paint the, the picture that everyone wants to see. So, let's do that. If we go against what tendencies tell us, Let's say J.K. Dobbins gets 65% of the carries for the Ravens running backs, right? Remember, not one running back has gotten more than 50% of the carries since Lamar has been there. Let's say J.K. Dobbins gets 65%. That is a huge jump. Super optimistic. That's only 260 carries, and that's probably his ceiling. And 260 carries is a good number if you're a running back that gets targeted. But J.K. Dobbins is not that. Let's say he gets past the 30 target barrier. No running back has gotten more than 30 targets. Let's say J.K. Dobbins gets 40 targets. That's also highly unlikely given the history. And the Ravens are probably going to add a receiver like a Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson, whatever the case may be, which is also something we're going to talk about in a little bit. But they're probably going to add a receiver either in the draft or in free agency, which might knock down the running back targets even more. And let's say, you know, just... Once again, being super optimistic, 40 targets. So we've got 260 carries as a ceiling for carries if he's getting 65%. And we've got a ceiling of about 40 targets. So that's 300 touches as an absolute ceiling for J.K. Dobbins. Okay? With most of these being carries, that is not enough to even be a top five running back. And we are talking about his ceiling. His ceiling is not a top five running back, in my opinion. His floor is a back end running back, too. If he gets 55 percent of the carries and gets 20 targets he could easily be a back-end rb2 i love jk dobbins don't get me wrong i really do he's a great runner he might be one of the best runners in the league but he will not get the work that he needs to get to be better than all the guys he's being drafted over specifically his fellow rookie running backs okay and here's the kicker lamar jackson steals rush rushing touchdowns routinely so it's very hard to expect and just pencil in double-digit touchdowns as a guarantee for J.K. Dobbins. So, what's what's the what's the takeaway here, right? He's the running back nine. He's a top ten running back according to fantasy experts and dynasty. For me, he's running back eighteen. I might fidget him a little bit, maybe to RB fifteen at the highest because I do like the guy. But he's not somebody I'm taking over. Cam Akers. Cam Akers has potential to become a 55-60 target guy, getting just as much carries, if not more, than J.K. Dobbins because Todd Gurley was getting mad carries in that offense when he took over. And that offense is going to have just as many scoring opportunities for the running back position as the Ravens offense with Stafford at the helm now. 
So there's one, Cam Akers. Okay, another guy, Antonio Gibson, getting just as much carries as J.K. Dobbins, except he has a huge receiving ceiling and floor because guess what? He was a wide receiver in college. Um, Hello? Let's see. Think of another one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That one I can see people debating. I prefer Clyde because I think that he's in store to get more and more work. But, you know, I'm not going to fight too much because he didn't, do what I thought he was going to do this season. So I understand people that want to take Dobbins over Clyde. But you get what I'm saying here, right? He's not going to get the volume for carries. He's got a a quarterback that limits the pass offense and limits the chances that he gets to get targets and receptions. And also his quarterback steals touchdowns. So no thank you on J.K. Dobbins. I'm selling him and he's a super young guy. So you could sell him for a lot, especially because he's good. Now let's talk about the last running back we're going to go over. Nick Chubb. Expert consensus ranking, running back 6. He is my running back 13 in Dynasty. Kareem Hunt is there, and he just signed a new deal. That is going to kill Nick Chubb's reception potential. Guys, we need receiving. We need receiving. Nick Chubb is one of the people, though, like Derrick Henry, right? He is one of those people that is really good even when his receiving is low. But the thing is that he is not a super young guy anymore. I believe he is, man, I can't believe I didn't write this down. I believe he will be 26 next season or 25 at minimum. He'll definitely be 25, but it might be 26. He's also not efficient at the goal line, and they like to mix in Kareem Hunt at the goal line sometimes. It's not reliable when Nick Chubb is going to get the touches at the goal line or when Kareem Hunt is going to get the touches at the goal line. There are so many talented running backs that have less competition. All right, let's make a bullet point checklist right here. Listen to this. There are so many talented running backs that have One, less competition than Nick Chubb. Two, are younger than Nick Chubb. And three, have receiving roles locked in. So who are guys I would sell Nick Chubb for? Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Austin Eckler. And you're probably going to be able to get something on the side with any of these. You could probably trade, I would actually guarantee, unless the person who has Gibson is in my line of thinking, You could probably trade away Nick Chubb for Antonio Gibson and a late first. Or Antonio Gibson and a high second. And I would do that in a heartbeat. DeAndre Swift, that'll be a close one. Because I know everyone loves Swift. As they should. Akers, I think you'll be able to get a little bit of something on the side. But Akers is also somebody everyone loves. Gibson is the biggest one that people are sleeping on. I don't know why. Austin Eckler, you could definitely get something on the side. People seem to think because he's like 26 or 27, he's going to hit his decline. But the difference for Austin Eckler is, one, he's a receiving guy, which they tend to last a little bit longer. And two, he does not have anywhere near the workload on his body that most running backs at his age do because he just has been behind Melvin Gordon for most of his career. So with that said, that's the top three running backs that I have that you will regret not selling. If you have these guys, other than Derrick Henry, if you're trying to win next year, sell Derrick Henry, J.K. Dobbins, and Nick Chubb. What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18 pack their standard rotation not any holiday or special event items 
My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code DEEPDIVE to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, guys, so we did the running backs, right? No quarterbacks, in my opinion, that are super pressing sells that you just have to sell compared to where other people are valuing them right now. So we're going to go into wide receivers, and I'm starting with DK Metcalf. If you've seen the YouTube video and you want to skip forward, go for it. If you want the refresher, I'm going to try and keep it quick, keep it light. But this is why DK Metcalf is a huge sell for me. All right, he is expert consensus ranking wide receiver two. He is my wide receiver eight. That is only a six spot difference, but when you're talking about two to eight, those are like three tiers away from each other. That is a huge discrepancy. So why is he the sell for me? Well, first off, let me start by saying he has been a sell way before the Russell Wilson drama. Okay, why? Well, one, crazy efficiency that should come down. Two, Seattle was passing the ball way more than usual this year. Why? Because three, their defense was garbage. And four, their running backs were hurt most of the season, which is why they were just letting Russ, air quotes, cook. Five, DK Metcalf will not be helped by Tyler Lockett leaving one day, as some people think in Dynasty, because it'll be easier to cover him and easier to double him and take away the deep ball. And if you take away the deep ball by double covering DK Metcalf, it's going to be much easier for a corner to stay with DK because his lateral quickness, his lateral agility is not there. Six, DK Metcalf, he's not a 140-plus target guy in Seattle. And if you have somebody ranked as wide receiver two, they need to be somebody who can get 140 targets, 150 targets, 160 targets. Your top five wide receivers are usually in that 150-plus target range. DK Metcalf, this is number seven now, DK Metcalf had 129 targets in the year, this year, where Russell Wilson was allowed to cook for most of it, most of the year, he was throwing the ball all the time and that 129 targets did not even result in DK Metcalf being a top five wide receiver this year was or is very close to DK Metcalf's ceiling and we are drafting him higher than how he just finished he just finished a year that should be his ceiling or right there and we're drafting him higher than that you never ever draft a player higher or equal to their ceiling. That is ridiculous. Now, add in the fact that Russell Wilson might leave, and if so, DK Metcalf's efficiency will fall drastically. Who are guys, though, Brandon? You can say this. You can say all this stuff, but who are guys you would actually sell him for? All right, I'll I'll tell you. Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, or Terry McLaurin plus a pick on the side. 
because you can definitely pull that off. It's not even close. So if you can get any of those guys straight up one for one, I would. And if you're going for McLaurin, try and get a pick on the side as well. DK Metcalf is not a high volume type of receiver. And he's got a lot of things going, mainly due to the Seattle offense trying to get back to the run first mentality. If their defense gets better, if their running backs are healthier, or if they just say, you know what, Russell Wilson, when we let you go crazy, you tend to throw some interceptions and you're much more efficient when we keep you in that 30, 32 pass attempts per game range. That's where we want to keep you at. And we're going to just pound the ball, get back to what we are most successful at doing. And that's a low pass volume offense that's highly efficient, built off the run game. And that also fits DK Metcalf well. So that's basically the gist of it. But if you really, really want a deep breakdown on DK Metcalf, go check out the YouTube video that I have. It's Deep Dive Fantasy Football on YouTube. Then we've got, that was the only receiver that I think is just super, super pressing because there's so many good receivers. And I understand most people can kind of just switch around the order in most of these rankings for receivers. And I would do the same. I have no problem with people that have receivers all over the place compared to each other. But DK Metcalf is the one I do because wide receiver two, and that's consensus among 150 experts. Come on. That's that's ridiculous. Anyways, Mark Andrews is the next guy. We're moving to tight end. Mark Andrews is the next guy. Another guy in the Ravens offense. Why? Well, kind of what we talked about earlier. What changes we're going to see in this offseason he is expert consensus ranking tight end four he is my tight end six but after Kyle Pitts gets drafted he will get moved to seven I don't think there's anywhere Pitts could go that would make me have Andrews above him so I'm definitely taking Kyle Pitts over him so Mark Andrews is basically my tight end seven tight end four is pretty rich and he's in a low volume pass offense just like we were talking about with J.K. Dobbins and he, he's been the main target this whole time in that low pass volume offense. Well, guess what? Baltimore 100% will add either Godwin, Robinson, Juju, Galladay, or a receiver on that level in free agency, or a good wide receiver in the draft. There's no way that they're coming out of the top three rounds of the draft or out of free agency without a new receiver. No way. Or a tight end, because they love having two tight ends. They were so good with two tight ends with Hurst and and Andrews, and since they've lost Hurst, you can see a noticeable difference in their offense. So bye-bye Mark Andrews' target share, 100%. And are you going to wait on Mark Andrews to hit free agency and then go to a different team? I mean, that's two years away, I believe, so no. Maybe it's only one, but we're talking about also the possibility that they would let him go, and I do not see that happening because he has been their entire offense pretty much in terms of the passing game. It's just him and Marquise Brown, so that's not a guy that they're letting walk out the door in the first place. So even if you're trying to say the free agency side, take the free agency angle, that's super, super optimistic. So his value will tank, and this is the absolute most pressing sell, right? All these guys are huge sells for me, and you need to sell them. You will regret it if you don't, but... Mark Andrews is the one you need to sell once you hear this episode because his value is the one that's going to change in the offseason. Derrick Henry's value won't change until the drop, but you just want to get him off before the drop. J.K. Dobbins, once people start realizing it during the season that, oh my goodness, Lamar Jackson just ruins his possibility at volume and receptions and total touchdowns, once they realize it, then his value will drop a bit. Same thing for the the other guys we talked about, but Mark Andrews, 
his value will drop right when free agency opens and they sign one of these guys. So you want to get him off your team before that happens. It's a pretty simple case. Irv Smith Jr., after this news of Kyle Rudolph being released, everyone's all over Irv Smith, right? Expert consensus ranking tight end 11. As more and more people update their rankings, he's probably going to get moved up to like tight end 9. He is outside of my top 15. Right now, you can flip an Irv Smith for Robert Tanyan, for Cole Komet, for Hayden Hurst. I would rather those guys. Let's look at the Vikings offense, things that have happened for tight ends in general, for fantasy, things like that that we can look at for Irv Smith. Okay, and why I don't buy in as much as everybody else. Last year, the Vikings' top three tight ends, top three tight ends, Rudolph, Irv Smith, and I don't remember the other guy's name at the moment, all three of them combined for 106 targets. The team, the Vikings, passed 516 times. And that's around what the Vikings like, except it's on the high side. They only passed the ball 466 times last year. And when they can, they like to lean on their defense and Dalvin Cook in the run game. They're not a team that likes to throw the ball a lot. And defensive improvement is going to hurt their total pass attempts. So their pass attempts could drop. I'm not saying it will 100%, because they also have had years above 516. But their pass attempts could drop next year because their defense was really, really bad. A lot of rookies, they lost a lot of vets as well last season. It was just a growing process, and they got better as the season went. So if they just continue that that trajectory, it's a tough word to say sometimes, then um, you're looking at a team that's probably going to pass less. The Vikings know Adam Thielen is aging. Okay, so expect a new weapon to enter the conversation. Maybe not this year, but maybe the year after. Adding another weapon in this offseason will definitely hurt the target potential for Irv Smith, and if not this year, like I said, next year. I see Irv Smith's target ceiling at about 80, right? The top three tight ends last year combined for 106 targets. Irv Smith is not going to take the tar- all of Kyle Rudolph's targets and keep all of his, and even if he did that, he would only be at like 80 or 85, right? So obviously they like Spreading the ball around at the tight end position, that's why not just Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph were involved, but their third tight end was involved with, I think it was 26 targets. So that's why I think Irv's target ceiling is about 80 if they pass around the same amount of times next year, and he takes pretty much all of Rudolph's targets, that that would be 80 targets total for Irv Smith. Now let's look at the history that we see with targets and the tight end position for fantasy. The smallest target amount for a top 12 tight end in the last three years Okay, three years ago, the top, the tight end in the top 12 with the fewest amount of targets was Robert Gronkowski at 72. I'm saying Irv's target ceiling is 80, so he could definitely get less. He's probably around 80, 85 as a ceiling. Gronk had the least amount in the top 12 tight ends three years ago at 72. Two years ago, Jared Cook had the least amount of targets at 65, but he had nine touchdowns. And this year, it was... Robert Tanyan with 59, but he had 11 touchdowns. All of these tight ends are from insane offenses. Gronk from the Patriots, and that was three years ago, so that was prime Gronk still. Jared Cook with the Saints offense, that was two years ago. Drew Brees wasn't nearly as shot. And Robert Tanyan this year in Aaron Rodgers' MVP season. Irv Smith is catching passes from Kirk Cousins. Irv Smith is also on the Vikings, who 
prefer not to throw the ball a lot. You know who like to throw the ball a lot? The Patriots, the Saints, and the Packers. Those are the three offenses that produced Gronk, Cook, and Tanyan great fantasy seasons. Because they like to throw a lot. And when they're in the red zone, they throw more than the Vikings do when the Vikings are in the red zone. The Vikings will never be that type of offense that's going to produce those type of numbers in terms of touchdowns related to target share for a guy like Irv Smith. Okay, and I know he had five touchdowns and he didn't have that many targets, but that's not something, that's not a ratio that's going to continue. He's also not great at anything. So his ceiling is lower in terms of involvement and efficiency. He was outside the top 30 in true catch rate. He was outside the top 20 in contested catch percentage. This is among tight ends. He was 19th among tight ends in separation. Also, he's a very small guy for the position of tight end in the league. He's 6'2". All right, this is something else I wanted to research. In the last three years, there has only been one tight end to finish in the top 12 under 6'4". That was Trey Burton, who's 6'2 or 6'3". I think I think 6'3". Trey Burton, and he was tight end 8. Which means that in the last three years, there have been zero top 7 tight ends under 6'4". So if you want to hold a guy like Irv Smith, who's not a lead at anything, is very small for the position, which does not show historically to be good for fantasy, and has Dalvin Cook as the main focal point of the offense, and they're going to run the ball when they can, anytime they can, instead of passing, and has Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So at best, he is at best, he is the third target, but Dalvin Cook gets used in the receiving game as well. So he's probably the fourth target in the offense. And if they add someone in preparation for Thielen leaving or getting older and falling off, then he's never going to reach the third or second target getter in the offense. This guy is ranked way too high. There are so many young tight ends. There's Noah Fant. Some people would rather have Earth Smith than Noah Fant. No. No. Dallas Goddard? No. Come on, guys. Come come on, guys. And I'd rather have Tanya. I'd rather have Cole Komet. I'd rather have Hayden Hurst, like I talked about in the beginning. So he's somebody I think you could sell right now because the only way his value gets higher is if the, the Vikings make no additions to their offense in terms of the receiving game in the offseason, and they start out, and their defense sucks, and they have to pass the ball a whole bunch, and Irv Smith lucks into a couple touchdowns. That is the only way that his value gets higher than it is right now. So sell him because that's where he's at his peak value right now. So if you want to hold him and see what happens and see like, hey, you know, I drafted Irv Smith and this is the moment I've been waiting for, fine, fine. But I would rather sell as his value is above his potential currently. So those are the guys. That That's it. So just to go over them one more time. These are the guys you will regret not selling. Derrick Henry, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, D.K. Metcalf, Mark Andrews, and Irv Smith Jr. Thank you guys for tuning in to Deep Dive Fantasy Football. And next time on Deep Dive Fantasy Football, we will be going over guys you will regret not buying. So the exact opposite of this one. And I'm sure you can already guess a few names that are going to be in there. Because they're consistently undervalued. But I don't want to spoil anything. I want to keep you guys entertained and keep you guys guessing. So until next time. Until next time, goodness. Have a good one. Peace.